Multisystem inflammatory syndrome in children, or MISC, is a troubling complication of COVID-19 infection. Does vaccination lower the risk? You're listening to Clinical Conversations from the NEJM Group. I'm Joe Elia, and I'm here with a principal co-author of a paper in MMWR published last week. Dr. Laura Zambrano, the senior epidemiologist in the MIS unit, which is a part of CDC's COVID-19 emergency response task force, is here with us. Welcome, Dr. Zambrano. Well, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, you've been busy there at the CDC, I'll bet. Uh, <laughs> what prompted this research into MISC, and uh, how did you go about doing it? So MISC, um, as you mentioned, stands for Multisystem Inflammatory Syndrome in Children, um, and we understand it to be a post-acute hyperinflammatory syndrome that generally occurs uh, between two and six weeks after a child tests positive for SARS-CoV-2. Um, and it is a severe syndrome. It is characterized by fever, systemic inflammation, and affects multiple organs throughout the body with a combination of severe cardiac, respiratory, gastrointestinal, mucocutaneous, hematologic, neurologic, or renal complications. And so MISC was first described among patients in the United Kingdom um, and then in New York City in the spring of 2020. And of course, since then, you know, now it has been reported worldwide. Um, and higher MISC incidence really closely follows peaks of reported SARS-CoV-2 circulation. And it's really a function of the number of infections reported among children. And as of last week, we've received over 6,400 reports of children with MISC uh, meeting our CDC case definition. And given the current and recent surge of COVID, we are anticipating, unfortunately, that a wave of MISC will soon follow. And so we have our eyes on that. So all that to say, uh, we understand that severe outcomes related to COVID-19 can and absolutely do occur in children, and MISC is one of them. Um, and this is an outcome we are clearly hoping to avoid in children. So we have we are, already have many studies that broadly show high vaccine efficacy and effectiveness against SARS-CoV-2 infection and severe COVID disease. But real-world effectiveness against MISC is a little bit trickier to assess. For one, MISC generally occurs after infection and can follow infections in children that are generally mild or even completely asymptomatic. Um, and we felt we needed to quantify the degree of protection conferred by vaccination against MISC in addition to some of these other analyses that have examined uh, severe COVID-related outcomes. Okay. And, uh, uh, well, and you described the work uh, as a test negative case control design. So could you oversimplify that for me? Sure, of course. Um, so, you know, with the case control design and you know, any case control studies, essentially, you know, we're looking to enroll patients who have a specific syndrome or outcome. And then we're interested in exploring on a broad basis what exposures may have led to that outcome. And here, of course, the exposure here is vaccination, really the protection. Um, you know, the exposure here is not being vaccinated, right? And development of MISC. Uh, so what a test negative case control analysis um, involves, uh, generally this is a, this is a standard uh, a study design used for other vaccine effectiveness studies. And we take patients with a specific outcome, in this case, MISC, um, and we match them to hospitalized controls. 
Um, in this case, these were hospitalized controls who were either, they either fit into two categories. So they either had a uh, respiratory or COVID-like illness um, and actually tested negative for COVID-19 in the hospital, um, you generally by RT-PCR or, or possibly antigen, generally RT-PCR, or they could be syndrome negative uh, completely. And so these could be children who are hospitalized for any other number of reasons. Um, you know, they could be hospitalized, for example, as a trauma victim, but, um, but, uh, but of course, without any uh, COVID-related symptoms. And so those, so we essentially pulled uh, those together ultimately in our analysis. But one thing to note is that the vast majority, of course, of our syndrome negative patients also tested negative uh, for SARS-CoV-2 um, upon hospital admission. Okay. And, and the way that you collected these cases, Dr. Zambrano, mm-hmm. um, you, you had people across the country contributing these, these records. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So um, this actually goes into this longstanding relationship that CDC has had with Boston Children's Hospital. Um, And Boston Children's Hospital has led a hospital network. This is led by Dr. Adrian Randolph, who is um, really our our principal investigator there. Um, And the purposes of the original network was really to examine the effects of severe influenza in children. But early on in the pandemic, we leveraged this network to create the Overcoming COVID-19 Network to better understand the clinical course of children hospitalized with severe COVID-19 and MISC. Uh, So we've used this platform to collect detailed clinical information on children hospitalized at over 70 hospitals across the United States. And one of these activities includes examining vaccine effectiveness against both hospitalization and critical COVID-19 illness um, in children and adolescents. um, And of course, you know, assessing vaccine effectiveness against MISC. Um, And in this particular study, uh, we had 24 of these network hospitals that participated. I see. Now, um, in terms of numbers of patients, you had roughly speaking, and I'm going to talk in rough numbers here, um, you had roughly 100 patients with MISC. 102, yeah. These were all adolescents between the ages of 12 and, uh, and 18. Yes. And then you had another roughly 200 uh, uh, hospitalized uh, adolescents who were matched uh, on, by various criteria. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, so what did you find? Sure. Um, so I think really we had three overarching key findings. So number one, uh, the key finding here, I think overall is that COVID-19 vaccination is highly effective in preventing MISC in adolescents. And how effective? Uh, We estimate 91% effective. Um, Number two, among the MISC patients we enrolled, 95% of them, 95% were unvaccinated. Um, And number three, uh, and while it's, you know, I still think it might be a little too early to tell for sure, um, just because of the sample sizes that we were working with, um, overall unvaccinated MISC patients appear to have more severe disease. Um, and so this is really illustrated by the fact that nearly 40% of them required life support. So they required some combination of invasive mechanical ventilation, vasoactive infusions to treat shock and ECMO. But in contrast, none of the vaccinated patients included, included in the study required these treatments. Um, yeah. So those, so, I think, are the, are three uh, the three overarching findings. 
So, so if I were to choose just one finding of that, uh, uh, the, the one that I chose um, and I noted down was, wow, only 5% of the MISC patients were fully vaccinated. Yes, yes. Okay. And, you know, one thing I think that is remarkable is we've seen that statistic highlighted, you know, over time and time again, regardless of almost what severe outcome we're looking at uh, related to COVID-19. Um, that really it's the overwhelming majority of patients exhibiting severe outcomes are unvaccinated. So, so the vaccination, um, e- even among those uh, uh, children who came down with the syndrome uh, and that small group, th- uh, their syndromes were less uh, severe. Uh, they, none of them required life support mm-hmm. um, or ECMO. and. So it seems, and, and as you calculated, it's, the vaccine was roughly 90, 91% effective in preventing MISC in, that, in, in those adolescents. Yes. Okay. And, 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 and uh, yeah, and of, of course, of note too, um, you know, one thing that we did notice is that ICU admissions also, I mean, of course, the sample size is small, <laughs> um, be, gratefully, because we have very few vaccinated patients here. But, uh, but still ICU admissions appear to be lower as well among the MISC patients. And so uh, we've seen consistently in our surveillance cohorts, for example, that uh, the proportion, and these are, this is looking at uh, uh, vaccination before or, or data from before vaccinations were available at adolescents. Um, but in general, um, the, the proportion of patients requiring ICU admission um, has consistently ranged between 61 and 66%. And again, in this analysis, we see among the unvaccinated patients, about 63% of MISC patients required, um, uh, required ICU admission. But um, among the five, un, uh, the five vaccinated patients, only one or really 20% required ICU level care. So still very early data. I don't you know, want to overinterpret it, but I do think it's a promising sign. Um, and speaking of small samples, uh, the, because you only had, I think, 81 or 84 or something like that uh, cases, uh, uh, does this surveillance, uh, does this research continue? Is it ongoing? Sure. So we we had 102 uh, cases, but absolutely the enrollment is continuing. And we really wanted to get this data out as soon as we felt like we had a sufficient sample size to um, to get a reasonably precise estimate of vaccine effectiveness. But we absolutely are continuing to enroll patients. And, you know, specifically, I think our next steps really are to, to look at the next youngest age, which is five to 11-year-olds. Um, of course, vaccination was just recommended for them uh, starting uh, back in November. Um, and uh, we didn't have sufficient uh, time, of course, to include them in this round of the analysis, but that, you know, they, we are enrolling more of the 12 to 18 year olds and we are enrolling the five to 11 year olds right now. And, and the, uh, all the children who were vaccinated had received the, uh, the Pfizer BNT uh, vaccine because that was the one that was available and had been uh, uh, um, approved by the FDA. For, for, for yes, absolutely. And if, and, you know, and, we, we set an exclusion criterion ahead of time that, you know, if a child had received another vaccine for some odd reason, even if they weren't approved to do so, um, we would exclude them. But we actually did not see that. These uh, children that were included in this analysis all received the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. Is there a question you wish I had asked you that I did not? 
Um, <laughs> this is a, this is a, a great, great question. Um, I, you know, one thing that I, I do want to emphasize, um, and of course this doesn't have to go into the podcast. This is just more uh, me, me floating this by you. Um, but the, this five to the five to eleven group age group is actually really important to us, um, and so I would actually love to expand upon that a little bit more, mainly because uh, the five to eleven year olds really appear to be the the age group that's disproportionately affected by MISC, and so I, I'd love to just kind of talk about that age group a little bit more and the implications of this analysis. And sure, go ahead. Encouraging and, and the kids, and you've and you've given a good introduction to the question, so I won't ask it formally. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, so the fact that the study here was focused on adolescents was really a function of timing. Uh, so of course, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine was recommended for teens in mid-May. So we had this really nice window of time from July to December to study vaccine effectiveness in this group. But one thing that's a real concern to us is that MISC is actually more common in younger kids. Uh, so for example, the next age group eligible for vaccination, these 5 to 11-year-olds, are disproportionately more affected by MISC compared to other age groups. So as of last week, um, you know, and we posted this to uh, our CDC website, to, uh, to the CDC COVID data tracker, we have a, actually an MISC module there, and I can direct your, um, your listeners to, to that webpage. But as of last week, uh, these 5 to 11-year-olds comprise 46% of all cases reported to CDC. Um, and, you know, while the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine was only recommended for this age group back in November, you know, that, well, that's really the reason we weren't really able to include them in this analysis. Uh, but we are currently investigating vaccine effectiveness in this group. And one thing I want to emphasize is even though we don't have a vaccine effectiveness uh, estimate for the five to 11 year olds yet, um, I don't think there's any reason to believe that vaccination wouldn't also protect these kids from developing MISC. So we really want to use these findings from this study to encourage all parents to get their kids vaccinated to protect against the worst outcomes of this virus. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for your time today, Dr. Zambrano. Sure. And no, thank you so much uh, for having me. And, um, and Joe, uh, one, one question that I, I would love to, or one, uh, I do have a couple of statements I would love to make, um, and you could sort of paste this or append this okay. earlier in the podcast or where you, um, or, or, or where you see fit. But um, the one, I think, uh, plea that I have for <laughs> the public or for uh, pediatric care providers in particular is uh, truly, I mean, aside from being a public health professional and a scientist, um, I'm also the mom of a four-year-old little boy. He is the light of my light, my, the light of my life. And uh, so this issue is extremely personal for me. And from that perspective, I really view it as our responsibility to protect our kids and to really empower parents and pediatric providers uh, with the information that will help them protect theirs. Okay. Um, I, I should uh, I should emphasize that uh, Dr. Zambrano's views are her own and not necessarily those of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That was our 280th clinical conversation. We come to you from the NEJM group and the writers and editors of NEJM Journal Watch. Kristen Kelly is our executive producer. And I'm Joe Elia. Thank you for listening. <laughs>